What up, my little Ronies? My little Ronas? Is that insensitive? Um, Rona's a name, isn't it? Scottish name. Very strong Scottish name. I could, um, I could just be referring to everyone called Rona listening to the podcast. If you are listening to the podcast and your name is Rona, how are you faring up? Uh, maybe you're a child called Rona and you are, oh, you're not even at school. You're not even at school to get bullied. So you're probably actually just counting your blessings at this point. Like, thank fuck I'm not at school because my name is a vicious virus rampaging the globe. Um, what's good? What's everyone doing? I'm doing exactly the same shit that I've been doing for the last three weeks. I'm in quarantine. There's a lockdown. I'm making some podcasts. I'm playing some PS4. I'm doing some home workouts. I'm working on new merchandise that you can pick up at www.thedownbe.at. So it spells downbeat. Holy shit. That was such a good segue. Um, My printers are still printing. They're a little bit delayed. I believe there's a new... I mean, I say I believe. I know there's a new long sleeve uh, and a short sleeve with a sort of death metal rip of a a band a parody it's a parody before anyone says anything um and it's sick and it's limited to 50 and it helps me get some sort of stability that's the word some sort of stability in these unstable times also if you're not a fan of clothes if you are either a naturist is that someone that's naked all the time or a dog or Tarzan, although he does have some sort of um, a loincloth, isn't it? But that's not branded. If you don't like clothes, but you feel like, I really wish Craig or Craig, depending on where you're from, could eat this month because I really feel for him and the situation, the global situation affecting all artists. There is a downbeat donate button. I ain't going to beg. I've just done the begging. Um, You could just, you know, send us a quid or whatever. Um, some people have been doing that. Shout out to everyone that's been doing it. Might do some sort of competition for the people that have been doing it. Um, or that might be a lie to get you to do it. Who knows? The only way to know is to donate. Fuck me, I'm a genius. Um, I'm doing this on a Tom mic. It's a, you know, I'm sorry if the quality's not that good, but all I've got with me is a Tom mic. But it is a nice Sennheiser 421 Tom mic, so... I do have a better podcasting mic, but it's at home. My real home, not my quarantine home. Um, but maybe you work for some sort of microphone company and you want to give me a sick microphone, send one out and I'll plug it. Wouldn't that be nice? Speaking of that, not that this is that, but um, Yamaha were very kind enough to send me one of those EAD 10 things. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's like a little thing that you put on your kick drum which has a microphone that picks up all of your drums and a trigger for your kick, and you can plug it straight into your phone to make drum videos that sound like they've been, well, they have been, like, mic'd up. I can't believe how good it is. Obviously, lockdown happened shortly afterwards, so I can't post a video. But um, Eddie Frower uses one. Um, that Jay Scott drummer, if you don't know that guy, he's a ripper. Um, I can't wait to really get stuck into it. But um, big up Yamaha. I've been wanting one for ages. It means I'm going to be able to, when this is all over, I can make some sweet, sweet content. Oh, that's enough plug-in. I sound like fucking Roe Jogan. Um, my guest this week is Andy Williams, guitarist of Every Time I Die. And 
professional wrestler, real life, big dick professional wrestler. I don't know if he's got a big dick, but I imagine he's got a monstrous piece. Um, we talked about, obviously, the Rona, um, various people called Rona, and the coronavirus, um, and how it is affecting him. Obviously, wrestling being a contact sport, he threw up some hypotheticals which scared me. Um, we talked about working out because he's such a big fucking jacked legend. And we talked about what he's doing in quarantine for working out, staying in shape. He's got to keep his weight up for wrestling. Uh, we talk a little bit about music, of course. Um, what else should we talk about? Uh, cool shit. We've got some stories about bands. I can't even remember even though it was yesterday. Everything's a blur. Everything's a blur, but it was really good. I like I like semi-know Andy. I feel like now we've had a two-hour chat, like I really do know him, but it would only ever be if like Stray and Eated were playing together. One of us would be like, you obviously go to the gym. Would you like to go to the gym? And then we'd have a little hangout, and it was always it was always cool. And I always thought, what a cool fucking guy. Uh, I wish I was friends with this guy in real life, and now I guess I'm friends with this guy in real life. Uh, that's about it. It was a great... Great talk. He's got his own podcast called Kicking Ass with Jesse and Andy. Or Andy and Jesse. I can't remember which way around it goes. Um, and you should check that out. And hopefully I'll have him on again because we can go a little bit. We had to sort of cover as much as possible in two hours. And what we'll probably do is just go a little bit deeper next time. Get into the real meat. Meat. Meat and potatoes of this lovely individual. It's Andy Williams on the Downbeat Podcast. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Yeah. Just, you know, in the midst of everything that's happening on the earth right now. Um, yeah. I mean, doing doing pretty good. <laughs> this is the, this is the, this is an interesting one because we like kind of know each other. Yeah. But we're not super buddies. No. And I was just like, I'm at a point during all this shit where I'm like, just finding cool people is getting hard i've no offense to everyone i haven't interviewed (laughs) but i'm like just i don't care about anyone and then i saw you posted something the other day and i was like that's a good one yeah yeah i do because you've got it's it's so funny because i keep just talking about like thinking outside the box so like everything that we need to do right now is like thinking outside the box because like life in general is just upside down and it's fucking crazy but this is the type of shit i'm thinking of though like it's always just like oh yeah like i had a pretty cool conversation with that one dude before like i bet you that would be a cool interview or you know what i mean like yeah yeah it's like i'm I'm also yeah trying to just get people who have different perspectives on what's happening as well because you're obviously you've got the band perspective the same as me but then you've got the whole wrestling thing and you know we'll we'll get into that yeah yeah, but it's nice to know you're surviving. Yeah. I, I mean, hope, it's like, I mean, it's not, it's not really hard. Like you just have to do nothing. But the problem is, is that like the two of us are not used to doing nothing. Yeah. You know, and we, were you off? Do you have time off anyway? And then this happened or did you have stuff cancel? Oh, so like, that's the crazy that we were in Chicago. Uh, the band was in Chicago 
I flew overnight because I had to wrestle the night before in Salt Lake. And that night was when they found out like the Salt Lake player had like coronavirus. So I was at that arena wrestling. Oh fuck. That night. <laughs> and then and then then and then I had to fly to Chicago and then the band had a show in Chicago like that night. And uh dude, it's crazy, man. Like in the like so kids are lined up and then the governor says there's only eleven or only a thousand people in a venue at a time so like we were like oh shit and I th- we were playing i can't remember where we we're playing but the metro and they were just you know they're just like we'll make it happen we'll get there because it happened right as they let doors in like doors open so then like we were supposed to play detroit we were supposed to play pittsburgh and then like by the time the show was done like both those shows had been canceled like so we were like Fuck. in the middle of that weekend man it, it was crazy Oh shit! And then you you just finished recording. Is that allowed to be said? Am yeah, I allowed yeah, to say totally, that? totally, totally, uh, totally. Um, and then I imagine you would have had some sort of time off, and then planning for shit like summer and onwards, and then that's just out the window. At least it is for me. We had like we had three weeks, uh, three months off, and yep. we were supposed to start tour like two days ago, and obviously yep. now that's gone it's like being faced with another three months off i don't think i've had six months off in my life never that's a dude i'm free like the last three months of my life have been the busiest months of my life like ever and because i was doing both wrestling and i mean full time you know what i mean so it you know the rest of my like life i'm gonna be a contracted well hopefully i'm gonna be a contracted wrestler and a musician at the same time so i'm just gonna try to do this f- as long as i can um yeah we just had do we just had our we were supposed to tour with parkway drive in june and it got um i, I don't know if i'm allowed to say that but it's uh i got an email <laughs> I totally forgot I probably shouldn't say that. But yeah, it hasn't been announced yet, but um yeah, there But it won't have to be announced now. Yeah. But yeah, Fuck, it it's just sucks. like but that's it was supposed to be in June and like there's you can't do anything. I mean, you can't even promote a show right now because the chances of it being canceled, you know what I mean? Yeah, no one knows. Like the last I heard our tour was getting moved to July and then that's gone quiet so but how do, I, don't I mean know. how do you even plan that though you know what i mean like that's the the fucking crazy thing is, is that there's like a massive amount of tours that have to be postponed and then rescheduled so like what you know as a musician or like a booking agent do you like strike while the iron's hot and you know that there's not going to be any shows you know what i mean like let's book a tour just in case yeah. or you know like are you going to be uh, like a booking agent that like goes, oh, fuck, maybe um, we can do this July. You know what I mean? But like everyone's going to be moving their tours. It's crazy, man. Like the next, as soon as we're out of this, it's going to be bedlam. Like, I mean, there's going to be shows seven days a week for like five yeah, months straight. Like, let's say it all gets sorted and it's just like you've already got 
everyone's fall and winter tours which are already pretty much booked but just not announced and then you're going to have everyone's rescheduled summer tours at exactly the same time yep winter's already fucking nuts for touring yep oh god we'll have like we'll, we'll either have like because everyone's so desperate to go to a show they'll be like going to shows seven days a week or yep. we're going to have like half populated shows for fucking six months. So that's that's the other thing, man. It's like that's the way you have to look at it. I said this on a podcast the other day. I was like, and it like it didn't hit me until I said it. You know what I mean? Like I, it was like my brain thought it. I said it. I was like, holy shit. I didn't even think of that. Like there's going to be like a crazy, crazy like bigotry almost after this like not like like an unannounced bigotry where we're not going to be like i'm not going to want to go in a crowd full of people just in case like you know what i mean like like you don't want to be you don't want to be the guy that brings a pandemic back you know what i mean on the bus and you bring it on the bus anywhere there's bus bus lurgy and then there's bringing like death like the actual plague onto a bus and then bringing it back home bringing it into a crowd of people like if Strafe of the Path was the one responsible for getting a crowd sick, you know what I mean? Like you have like you know, and and our the way our bands are, that's anywhere from like three hundred people to like twelve hundred people. You know what I mean? Like Fuck. that's that's the scary thing is like that. And it's gonna be you're gonna get those people where it's like I I mean, I would love to find out what the first what the first tour after this that sells out completely. Because you know there's going to be worrying people. I mean, like, I, I don't think a pandemic just goes away and then just like the next day you're like, oh, it's clear. Everyone's tested. No more Corona. Like, it's going to be a while, man. I've read like a few different versions of how they can deal with it. So if they get a vaccine, then approximately i think it's 14 months from the vaccine being made and doing human tests then the the herd immunity would kick in when enough people are vaccinated that eventually it just dies out yeah so that you're talking like two years but then there was another theory which is if they can't develop a vaccine or in the interim when a vaccine is like being developed that they could develop an antibody test which would this is like some police state shit yeah an antibody test that would determine whether or not you'd had the virus and were immune to it and then you would be issued a certificate which would let you go into public places and let you go to gigs and stuff like that jesus which is an insane thing like yes. imagine having to carry around a little certificate being like yep i've had it so i can come to the eated show that's like on the door someone checking that shit yeah yeah i dude i hope it's not 14 months i mean that's like the that 14 month thing is insane i mean either way like that's a long process like both of those situations aren't great situations for us like for people i mean like for people who do like entertainment like you know that have to play to crowds like this is literally where we have to like think outside of the box you know yeah but the, the thing the 14 month thing is like Apparently, that's the shortest possible time for a vaccine to go through human trials and then start being, like, given to the public. 
Crazy. Because otherwise they will like rush it and you'll get some fucking birth defects or something. Yes, and, you yes, know, yes. Like some crazy knock-on effect. Gross. <laughs> yeah, absolutely gross. But what you said about... Fuck, I didn't even think. Yeah, like say fucking Drew or Keith was like a carrier and they didn't know it. Jump in the crowd, give 300 people coronavirus and yeah. then like two of those die that is like randy blythe that's 911 like randy blythe <laughs> times a thousand yes that's it i mean that that literally is like it's that's a worst case scenario and like it was funny because like you know that show in chicago that we did actually play like i think a lot of people are saying that's the last show like there weren't concerts that was like the last one <laughs> which is oh, like wow. really funny I- that's actually kind of cool as well because I saw yeah. a, I saw a tweet that was like someone tweeted just think at some point a couple of months ago someone said this is your last chance to dance and it really was yeah how insane <laughs> and it fuck yeah man man I'm actually getting depressed talking about this so yeah. let's let's um I'm gonna delve into stuff that I want to know because I don't know anything about wrestling Tom yeah. obviously does Tom of from Australia loves it yeah um but you're like an actual professional wrestler now. Yes, <laughs> dude, it's it's it, the wildest thing ever. Because when I was, I've been obsessed with it my entire life, and I actually trained when I was like 18. Like I actually trained to become a professional wrestler. Ended up tearing my ACL, and then that basically was the catalyst for me playing guitar more. And then I started every time I die. So it like pretty crazy and then like when i was like 36 years old um i kind of got like down on myself like uh, i was probably like 35 i had like a just got down on myself i just kind of gave up and i was like okay i guess i'm just like a fat guitar player in a band like cool i just kept getting like really and you know you know how it is obviously like you get like little training injuries and like it yep. might it might put you down for a couple months and then like you work you know you you work through it and then you go i was just like getting to a point where like i had like hurt my shoulder i had like hurt my elbow my wrists were fucked up and then it was like starting to like kind of play into my guitar playing and i had to kind of take a i just had to be like okay like is weightlifting really that important um over what i do for a living so like fuck it i'll just be a fat guitar player with a beard who cares? You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So that was like a couple of years. It was like a, a couple of years of that. And then, um, and then I just got to a point where I was like, man, my body started feeling pretty good. And I was like, this fucking sucks. I'm going to fucking just go hard. So I, I ended up, you know, I started with like powerlifting at first and which was cool and stuff like that. And then I started kind of seeing like the same kind of patterns happening with like injuries and stuff. So then I had to like change my, changed my work my workouts out pretty big time and then a school a wrestling school opened in buffalo new york so i was like well fuck man i'm i don't have any aspirations to ever wrestling in a ring but it would be really cool like wrestling at a show but it would be cool to like go just kind of like this is a new form of working out you know i've been there i've done it i kind of know what um what they're gonna look for like when i i start my training and Blah, blah, blah. So it's just basically like, basically like aerobics class. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, I'll go in there and yeah. I'll just, I'll bump around with the dudes and, you know, maybe I can help some guys become wrestlers. You know what I mean? And then, um, 
I just kept getting like better and better. And then I kept getting offers like, Hey, you should do this on this show and you should do this on this show. And I was like, all right, well, you know, fuck it. And then the guy that I team with now, um, his name is the blade, but, um, he's like one of my best friends, Jesse. And, and he basically was like, dude, like no one's ever going to take you seriously if you don't look like a wrestler too. Cause I would like go out and like wrestle shows exactly the way I look on stage to kind of like, I wanted to bring ETID fans in and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I started realizing pretty quick that like wrestling is kind of a hard thing to like throw on people like right away. It's like a lot of people associate it with stuff they do when they're kids. So like when they're adults, they don't like, you know what I mean? Like they don't see it the same yeah, way yeah. and it's, it, it takes a little harder for people to get in. And I just kind of noticed it was like, I would get a couple people here and there at shows, but like I wasn't like getting what I thought. Cause like every time I die has a very, very loyal fan base. And I was expecting them to come to the shows. And like I said, you'd see like five to 10 people that would be there, like maybe in an ETID shirt or like a violent gentleman shirt or something like that. And then, yeah. um, it just, it never grew past that. No matter what city I was in, if I wrestled in New York City or Chicago or whatever like that, like I wasn't really, dr- I wasn't drawing the ETID fans that I wanted to, that I, I was expecting. And it was kind of like bumming me out. And then Jesse was like, yo, look like a dr- look like a wrestler. So like I got like the trunks, I got the boots, I got, you know what I mean? Like through a character, like on myself wait 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 you were you were wrestling in jeans prior to this i was wrestling in a pair of barbell chinos <laughs> yeah right, okay because i thought i thought you were gonna say you know you were wrestling in like fucking uh you still had the trunks but then maybe like a fucking a plaid shirt and nothing then- no I would wear like but a, now you got now you got like a fucking monocle. Everything I got like a whole character and stuff like that. The monocle is so sick. Yeah, but it, it I mean it totally makes sense. Like I'm sure you have a million friends who are like ten times talent more talented than you are in music, but like none of them oh, yeah. will, well none of them will ever get in a van and go. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? And like yeah, yeah, they yeah. they look like a musician, but like they're not a touring musician. They're not a professional musician. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like that, and and I understood it It was like, okay, if I'm just wearing like wrestling boots, like normal wrestling boots that you could go to any sports place and buy chinos and just a cut off shirt. And I look like a dude, like a badass. (laughs) like it's never really going to catch on because you're just a guy that you, that people see on the streets. You know what I mean? And if you're not, if you're not already getting, if it's not like, the Andy Williams from Eated show, like, then why not just go all in on the fucking theatrics? Exactly. Because, you, you, like, the two people that might go, that's not what he dresses like on stage, they're not yeah. even fucking there. And they're not wrestling fans. They're there to see, it, yeah, you know, a dude from their band, their favorite band wrestle. You know what I mean? And, like, I, I started getting to the point where I was like, man, this sucks because, like, no one's really, like, paying attention to me right now and i'm not getting like the show offers kind of kept going like i was getting them but like they weren't great you know what i mean and then the minute i changed the character like things started like happening and um yeah it was just i don't know it's a really cool thing because like it's it really is like wrestling is a lot like writing a song um because you have to call a match with your with your 
you know, your, your, um, your opponent and, and, you know, like everyone thinks it's choreographed. It's not choreographed. Like there's just a bunch of ways to base on things and there's, it's, it's literally just technique all over again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I have no idea how it works. So please explain how you write or don't write a match. So how does it happen? This is how I always explain it. Right. So say you and I know we're going to wrestle each other. We go in, there's a sheet of paper. Boom. It says that we're wrestling that night. Okay. Fuck yeah. Cool. Um, when we start doing, when we start calling, when we start talking about it, it's like, Hey, what ideas do you have? What ideas do I have? You know what I mean? And then you kind of throw it together. There's a couple sections to a match. So like there's, you have to, you have to establish who the good guy, who the bad guy is, or you just have to establish, uh, you basically have to establish that someone's up on someone else. Meaning like someone, um, is out wrestling another person. That person needs to basically like do something to get the advantage over that person whether it be a maneuver or a cheat or something like that, you run it into thing. It's just like, it's, it's exactly like writing a song. You need an intro, you need a chorus, you need a bridges. Like it's, it's a lot like this. Like if I need to get you in the corner so that you can do this sick, like reverse flip thing to me, I have to somehow reverse something to get you in that corner And then you have to reverse something to get me the distance so that you can go up and do the flip dive. You know what I mean? Like you've got to do the bridge so I can do the breakdown. Exactly. That's 100%. Oh, yes. Fuck yeah. And it just happens. And that, but there's like a, a section, there's an introduction. Then after the introduction, there's, uh, this thing called a heat that you put on. So I, if I'm the villain, I'm going to beat the piss out of you and have the crowd like go, oh man, this guy's never going to come back. And then there's hope spots. So you throw hopes in where it's like, oh my God, he's coming back. He's coming back. Then I shut the guy down, you know, and that's basically like those little like, you know, when you tease a breakdown, but then go into something else. It's It's basically like that. Like you, the crowd sees it coming. They know it's coming, but you're just not giving it to them right away. It's poetry. You're an artist. It 100. You're two artists. That's you're, exactly you're an it. You're in two two different fields now. <laughs> and I love and I, like I love tag team wrestling because it's just more moving parts, and uh, it's it's literally like putting art together. If you see a really good tag team match, it's it literally is poetry, man. Like it's crazy. And there's dudes. Like, it, it's cra- it, And it's just like music where like there's totally different styles. So like. There's ground guys. If you're super into like ground wrestling, there's ground wrestling. There's aerial dudes. There's the showmans. There's like it, dude. It's insane. Like villains, and there's like different kinds of villains, and there's different kinds of heroes. It's literally like if you're into comic books, it's like watching real life comic books happen in a ring. So you're a villain. Is that what you would consider? Right now, I'm, yeah. The, right now, I'm the a, bu- the, the the butcher. butcher. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, shit. Of course, because like Mick Foley was like three different fucking people. Yeah. So, so I used to like it when it was like WWF when I was a kid. Everyone fucking loved it, didn't yeah. they? So I do know that side of it. But I forget that the same person like reinvents themselves as different characters. Yeah, and that's. I mean, when someone's really like Chris Jericho, I'm like fortunate enough to work with Chris Jericho. So like, I see that guy every single week, and 
he's 49 years old right now and he's reinvented himself so many times and he's never not been on top of wrestling. It's he, that guy is a pure genius, man. Like pure genius. He's 49. He's 49 years old. He's so jacked. Yeah. And I, I mean, I wrestle with him. I wrestle with Gold Dust, who's been around for. He's fifty years old. <laughs> oh my god! Even I know that. <laughs> I um, I I've, I dressed up like a woman the other day in isolation because I was bored. Yeah. And yeah. because I've got ble- bleach blonde hair, I looked like Gold Dust. I, I was love like it. Running around like I was Gold Dust. It was yeah. sick. He's the greatest, and he's like one you of the. You wrestle with Gold Dust. I've wrestled them. I've wrestled them a few times actually. <laughs> yeah. That's so sick. Yeah. DDP. I wrestled DDP this year. Too, so hang is, on. So what? What is the? What's the name of like? It's uh the Fed. Uh, I work for a Fed called Yeah Federation. Yeah, yeah. that's the word I was looking for. Sorry. All all elite wrestling. Nice. Yeah, and that's got gold dust and you. Yeah. There's like Who Dusty. It? It's Dustin Rhodes. That's gold dust. Um, yeah. Uh, his brother Cody is in there. Um, you have Chris Jericho. Um, DDP wrestles every once in a while. Um, it's so legit. <laughs> yeah. Then there's like other dudes like Dean Malenko is there. There's like, um, Arn Anderson, Jake the snake is there right now, but he doesn't wrestle. No he, fucking way. Yeah. He doesn't wrestle. He manages a guy. Um, Arn Anderson is there. He manages a guy. Um, so Jake the snake's just fucking bowling around backstage. Yeah. Yeah. The man. That's so fucking crazy. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's apologies if I'm just like going. No, back no, fire, it's okay. I've got it's lo- okay. loads of shit I want to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Um, so has it, how many times a week do you have to wrestle to keep your contract or whatever? And has it affected like shows yet? Absolutely. Oh, like with the band. Yeah. Uh, I've only missed, I mean, I, in 21 years of playing the with the band, I've only missed one show, and it was to wrestle DDP this year. <laughs> and, yeah, and you're going to do that anyway. I'm sure everyone fucking yeah. was okay with that. The but best, it doesn't... Yeah, the best part about it, uh, it, too, is, like, the band is so being so cool. Like, so, um, they understand, like, the uh, the situation. They understand that, like, I'm a contracted wrestler, our booking agent, Nick Storch, like totally gets it. He's like, I'll give you every Wednesday off. Um, so yeah. And it's at that point in time, I guess like there's a point in time at every band's career where you have more power than you usually do. Like, and we're at that point now where it's like, well, fuck it. We don't have to play a show on a Wednesday. We don't have to play a show on a Thursday. We don't have to play a show. I mean, this makes me sound like an egomaniac, but like, We've been a band for 21 years. So it's like you could call some of your shots now and like tell yeah. tell your people like I'm sorry, we're not going to play shows on Wednesdays. You know what I mean? And I think out of the, all 7 days of the week, yeah. Wednesdays the one day that you could probably lose. It's like, perfect. Wednesday is the shittest day. Yeah. For and everything. And you're never in like a cool city on a Wednesday. No, because the cool cities, no offense, but the cool cities are Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yes. Yeah, uh, no yeah. offense to anyone who's not from the cool cities. Yeah. Um, so you played a wrestling show in Salt Lake on a Wednesday, and then <laughs> that's there was no show. Sorry, that's a Salt Lake joke, which I shouldn't make because yeah. I'll be attacked. <laughs> um, 
Uh, right. So you've only missed one show. That's and it was sick. Paris, France. I missed ah, Paris, France. Yeah. Oh, what a shame. Yeah. What a shame. No, there is um, out of forty-two thousand monthly listeners, I believe there is twelve from France. So yeah, there's. You can you can say what you like about Paris. Although, if it's um, what's the fucking the only one that isn't a drop and go? Do you know oh, what you're I mean? talking. About, I know exactly the one you're talking about. We played. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. This one was like, you know, there's one that's out like down towards like Moulin Rouge. There's like a venue out yeah. that way. That's a drop and go. Um, for anyone listening that doesn't know a drop and go, drop and go means you have to get all your shit off the bus for the day, and then the bus comes and picks you up later that night. Um, and that's why everyone hates Paris, France. Yeah, and it's nothing to do with anything other than that. Yeah, maybe some rain. Oh, you're talking. Are you talking about that little the little venue with the graffiti? No, I'm talking about the one that's like almost in a park. Oh fuck yeah, I know that one. It's got a weird stage. The stage is shaped kind of weird. Yeah, on that one. Yeah, I love it. Give me one yeah. of those every day of the week. Yeah, but the drop and go ones can fuck right off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, right. I'm still on. I had a point that I wanted to say, but I don't want you to. Missing shows. Okay. We were talking about no, missing shows. I don't want, no, no, I can remember it. I'm just trying to phrase it so you don't feel like you have to answer it. Oh. But the thing, here's what I would have done. You know when you were saying like, oh, I was getting all these training injuries. Yeah. Like it hasn't, it hasn't got to that point with me yet. But the minute that happens and I'm over, you know, I'm 33 now. The minute that happens when I'm like 35 plus. Yeah, I'm just going to fucking. I'm just going to juice. See what I'm, I'm going I'm this is immediately what I was, to juicing. This is what I was going to say. So like, you're you're still young enough to realize that like like when I was a kid, there was only meat and potatoes lifting. So like you yeah. did you did bodybuilding lifting and you did and you did um you did like all your accessories would be like bodybuilding, and then all of your major lifts would be powerlifting. There was like no hybrid, like cross training kind of started when I was like almost 20 years old. Like, I mean, like to the public, like obviously like NFL teams and stuff like that had already been doing that for years. Like you're still fortunate enough to come up in a career, like in, in your life, like with your, with working out where like you probably do things for mobility. You know what I mean? Mm, So like when I was a kid, I'm not even kidding. When I was a kid, it was long muscle, weak muscle short muscle uh strong muscle like that's what you had to remember so like like stretching was okay but you didn't overstretch. like you didn't like you weren't working on mobility you know what i mean you were literally just like waving your arms around a little bit before you like hit the bench you know what i mean and like i that's what i mean it's like my body had just broken down over years because it was just i was doing stupidity and i wasn't dealing with like mobility which is like you know, yeah. that's, that, that's key, man. And like, I think that like, if you're a person that can, it does something at a high level on a weekly basis, meaning like seven days a week, you're playing drums, you're playing guitar, you're pro wrestling, something like that, you know, high impact. I, I would say playing is high impact for you. It's high impact for sure. But yeah, like I feel like you have to train, man. You have to like, I don't, I, I don't, I can't, I can't figure out people who like do the whole, like sit on the bus all day, play the show, sit back on the bus. 
I physically can't do it. It I, kills I did me. a thing where like my hip was kind of fucked up. Yeah. And for about a year, I was... Anyone that listens to the podcast is bored of this shit because I talk about it all the time, <laughs> but I'll sum it up for you real quick. For like a year, my hip was giving me shit and everyone in the world was like, oh, it's squatting. Oh, it's deadlifting, all this shit. So... I tried everything. I took six months off squatting and deadlifting and it got worse. Uh, And I basically just figured out it's just drumming and how much I drum. And I I need to do more mobility and stretching before and after drumming. But I've never played so badly as I did in those six months when I wasn't like squatting or deadlifting before the show. The minute I went back to doing it, I was like, it's just... You just get that, not only mentally on tour, you get that fucking hour of the day where you just like zone out, don't think about anything, but getting the blood moving and then you get on stage and you just feel fucking like you've warmed up for two hours. Oh, it's the best, man. I I, I honestly like, I don't know what I would do. I mean, for the past, like it's been about six years now where... You know, we get to the venue and like I just go straight to the, you know, if it's a sound check, if it's a day we get a sound check, like obviously I do a sound check and then I go straight to the gym. Um, Man, I, I, I like at this point in time, I can't imagine touring without that, without like for one, the brain, like mentally just getting away from like people you're around constantly. Um. And like I'm like I just I hate waiting in lines and stuff. So like I'm not like a catering guy. I'm yeah. like a, I, I'll just go get my food, man. Like it's fine. I'll go get food and and just go to the gym. You know what I mean? Like it's just boom. And then you come back to the venue. You're not around dudes like warming their guitars up for four hours. And you know what I mean? Like it's just it's just yeah. nice. You know, you just get away, come back, and then you're just in. I don't know. You're just in good shape. You know, for anything that happens, like the show feels great. And also you can, you can feel a little bit better about that post-show pizza. Like 100% going in on like a bit of ice cream as well. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Yeah. I always find that if I've worked out that day, I don't feel bad about fucking how big my pizza is at the end of the night. But if you get one of those, one of those three, like if you're in a city, in like three cities in a row with no gym. I just start feeling like a piece of shit Yo, in every possible way. To go back to COVID, it literally is, uh, this is our time to think outside the box, man. And like I, my workouts the past three weeks have been better than a wor- any workout I've had in a gym in the last couple of years. And This I'm, was my next question. Yeah. And it's, uh, dude, it's, it's, you got to think outside the box. So like when you go to pro wrestling training, like when you first start, the the trainers just want to beat your ass. They just literally want you to quit. They're it's not not to quit. They're basically just seeing how much heart you have. So like generally, you grab a there's a thing called the Bible. It's a deck of cards and for every like suit, it's um it's a a body movement. So like you can do squats, push-ups, uh burpee, sit-up, right? And then every yep. time every time you flip a card, whatever the suit is with the number, that's how many you do. And you have to do a full card to just enter a ring. So a like full deck. until you get a full deck down, which is something wild, dude. It's like fuck it's it's like 
like 267 movements or some shit like that's crazy um, I think I tried this on tour with Josh James once and I was like very nearly sick. Yeah, Definitely yeah. didn't get it'll through the fuck, whole deck. It'll fuck you up, man. I've thrown up numerous times doing this. Um, like, the, uh, you know, I'm doing stuff like that. Like I'm doing all like plyometrics and um, and just body weight stuff. And it's nice, man. I got a rogue. I got a rogue sandbag. Um, I got a 60 pound kettlebell, a 45 pound kettlebell, a 25 pound kettlebell. And then a 10. And then I have like some shitty old like 15 dumbbells. And that's it. And like my workouts are fucking awesome. And like I'm sore constantly in a good way. Not like sore like in an old man way. Um, I just feel great, man. And and like the big thing too is like I don't want to go back to TV. So when this is like all over and I go back to like wrestling on TV, I don't want to be like 220. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, I have to kind of remain two fifty. Like so, a lot of it is like I mean, dude, I live with a, I live with like a Russian super soldier too. So like my girlfriend Hannah is like, this is this is what I was getting to. Yeah. Like you have the benefit. Yeah. Of, if anyone doesn't know, Andy and Hannah are like a fucking jacked Brangelina <laughs> pow, power couple. I followed her on Instagram before. Like I even knew you two were yeah. a thing or anything, because she's a fucking badass pro bikini model. Yeah, there's a there's a phrase that I use. Please don't be offended, either no, no. of you. Um, there's a phrase that I use for a couple like you two, and the phrase is, "I would click that thumbnail." Yeah. <laughs> okay, I like that. I like that. <laughs> you, you know, you know what I mean. I know exactly what like, you mean. Yeah. So carry on. Explain yeah. explain to me how she's helping these workouts. Um so you know, I mean she has an extreme amount of knowledge on just fitness and nutrition. So like at any time, I mean obviously like I I eat like shit. You know what I mean? Like I I don't I I wouldn't say I eat like shit. I eat I eat very clean, but like I'm not the guy that's going to go like, "Oh man, I shouldn't have that ice cream." Like I'm I'm 100% always going to eat the ice cream. And Yeah. I love Burger King Whoppers more than anything in the world. And like <laughs> I'm down to one. I get one, I, I eat one Whopper a week just for my man, mental, you know, just, just to like have one Whopper a week. And then yeah, that's pretty good. Taco Bell every once in a while. So it's, it's like living with an encyclopedia of like fitness and nutrition. So like, it's like, Oh shit, Hannah, I need to stay two fifty. Okay. And then like, you know she'll make sure i eat meals that like keep my fat percentage up and and stuff like that and then on top of it like i know i can't do sets of like 25s when i do these things like when i do my squats like if i do air squats like just air squats i usually do yeah. do 50 so it's just that's my conditioning so like for me to like so i'm not blown up in the ring you know i can um keep that up you know what i mean but then all my other lifts like i'm doing like short burst you know what i mean like basically sprints yeah. when if i'm doing like a kettlebell uh like a kettlebell swing or something like that i'm gonna do the 60 pound kettlebell i'm gonna do it 20 times and i'm gonna get through it as fast as i can and then like maybe 30 seconds rest boom let's go down but that's the problem that i'm having right now is i'm like I have to eat so much to keep that 250 because all I'm doing is like cardio basically. 
and it's it's getting yeah. i need to get like some bigger lifts in and that sandbag was like the best thing i ever bought how heavy is the sandbag i think i have it up to about 150 pounds right now um but the good thing is i got like the extra large bag so i can always add um more oh, shit and there's a home depot like right next to my house so i just i literally have shitty old this is like as ghetto as possible i get like uh shitty old like pillowcases fill them with sand weigh them and then i have more nice yeah that's that is pretty fucking ghetto yeah so i've got like i think kettlebell is where is the next thing i need to do because i've been doing just a full body body weight workout every other day since this shit started and the same shit as you i'm doing like i did like i would do just like a circuit i'd do as many pull-ups as possible then like 50 push-ups then i've got some resistance bands things to do like shoulders rear delts air squats with a band and then air squats um like adding a person and then then i would do like the whole round 30 seconds rest and then boom do it again but now it's getting to the point where i need to do six rounds to have had a workout yeah i'm losing so much fat so i'm getting like pretty ripped but i can feel that if i don't start bringing in some form of weight yeah and i'm just gonna get like skinny on your air squats i'll give you a couple have you ever seen do you know what a hindu squat is no okay so like a hindu squat is like it's a breathing technique um i'll send you a video of it like when we're off or whatever but um when you're going down you're basically on your toes and you're like you're breathing out and on the way up you breathe in you breathe out and it's like it's almost like a weird like rowing technique but it also like helps all your supporting uh muscles like up your leg and it's explosive dude like if you do like a set of 20 of these and a set of 20 of these like han and i have been doing the other day we did 300 hindu squats we did 300 hindu squats 200 push-ups this is like while we were cooking dinner like just try to like get it down and like you know, what a couple. What it's a wild. Fucking couple. Yeah. And it was just crazy. We were doing, I think there were swings in there. Um, one thing I, I do the best, one of the best chest exercises I've ever done is just like standard, just normal push ups. I, I would do uh, 20 push ups and then go right into like on my back with my 60 pound kettlebell, just close grip and then pushing up like while like flexing. Dude, it's, it's crazy, man. And like we did. I think we did 150 of those. Like it, like it's every day is like a new different workout, especially with her. Like she'll kick my ass, man. I that, need to get a kettlebell. The thing that I've been doing for the for to make push ups hard because it got to the point where I'm doing like fucking two, three hundred push ups yeah. a day, and then I don't feel it the next day. Wrapping a band around me for a yep. bit of resistance, and then when that got boring, putting my feet up on yep. the couch so it like mimics an incline and i did that today with the band and that fucked me up try doing this like if you can get a staircase do just do eight do eight push-ups at the bottom like the uh, the ground then go up one step do eight up one step do eight up one step do eight so you're hitting an incline the whole way too 
see i so this is when when we first met we went and trained yeah me you and tom went and trained in fucking where were we it's like, like nuremberg i think it was yeah it was nuremberg yeah and uh we went to that gym and you had some psycho two psycho it was a psycho lateral raise like pyramid thing with yeah. dumbbells and a psycho like 300 reps with just the bar yeah. on bench press and yeah. now you've given me this sweet gift of yeah. the staircase push-up yeah. thing i wouldn't have thought of that they're great man and you could do them like once you get back in a gym you can do them on the smith machine so just do them on the ground then just go up 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 on the smith machine it's the same thing like it'll get to a point i promise you it'll get to a point where like if you're doing a push-up just on a wall so if you do like say you do like uh ground one two three four five steps and then go to the just the wall it's gonna feel like you have 300 pounds on your back it's insane wow yeah that's fucking sick i can't yeah. wait to do it yeah that's cool um <laughs> well, we probably need to talk about music even though i don't fucking want to yeah um, <laughs> i'll talk about anything I'm I'm just talking about, I want to talk about working out, but we need to talk about music or else people will be like, you didn't talk about music. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, you just finished recording with Will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, I mean, you've obviously recorded with him. Like, what a treat. Yep. Just a what treat. What a fucking guy. He literally is what a, a guy. Like, it's so weird because like, in I'm in wrestling and in wrestling, there's like masters and like, a lot of guys get accolades for being like legends and stuff like that. In music, you hear people say like legends, but you never hear anyone say like a master. You know what I mean? Yeah. Will is a fucking master. Unbelievable producer and general human. Yeah. And Did it's you, so. Sorry, Karen. Oh, no, no. I was to say he just never stops with ideas. And it's crazy yeah. because you'd think that he would lose all of his ideas from working with so many bands but like he just adapts and like i don't know how it is with you but like he's become like a sixth member of every time i die he's not like a producer like when you you know you bring him in like he's a sixth member oh he's absolutely the fifth member of straight from the buff and yeah. it's been mentioned a million times it's, yeah we just we just write so quickly with him yeah like we'll we'll hit a brick wall and he'll go ah what about this and then it's like okay that's exactly what it needs perfect again will well done hey master um, class it's just a, it's it's literally masterful and it's funny because like if you went and you did something with another band like even if it was just like hey we're kind of like we hit a, a writer's block can you come like listen to some shit and like blah blah, blah. like you're gonna use your go tos because you probably have a pocket full of go tos. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's always just like ways in or into riffs and ways out of riffs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Will is like that dude that like hears, he just hears, like he has the longest Rolodex for those things where it's like shit you've never heard of and like would never go, like would never go to, but it's a go-to to him and you're like, how the fuck did that work? And then it ends up being like one of the best parts on the record because it's something that you would come like you and your band would never think of. Yeah. I think he does it so well because although he's almost, he's not even pigeonhole, but you know, he just does metal bands for the most part, metal, yeah. metal core. But when you ask him, like, I think I, I ask everyone their top five bands all the time. I'm going to ask you in a minute, but yeah, 
I like when I asked him, the answers were all bands that I love, but not like that I wouldn't expect him to do it. It was like fucking ISIS, Nine yeah. Inch Nails, like yeah, a bunch of shit I've never heard him produce something like. But obviously, all that shit rubs off, yep. and like he just brings ideas outside the box to coin your shit outside the box ideas yeah. and just brings them in. Yeah, that's it's like I it's funny because like. Uh, to go back to the outside the box thing, like I think I only like to deal with outside of the box people. Like p- anyone that like goes and like takes something and just totally thinks of it out there. And like you and I, even if you're, you don't think you're an outside the box guy or I don't think I'm about outside the box guy. Like we are because we decided to just get in a van and fucking like ruin our lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah, for the better or for worse for the for, always for the better but like like people need to realize that like when you step foot into that van like you're opening up an enormous can of worms regardless of what you think it is you're going into a life that is not like the life you used to live and that is a true statement that no one ever admits oh 100% you will lose friends family fucking yes. you will gain friends and family that you never thought that you would be friends with you will lose jobs yeah it will be insane but there is no way i would ever do anything no, else exactly that's exactly it man i would never i wouldn't i wouldn't take anything i've ever done back in the last 21 years it's the greatest thing in the world um and that's why this home time is like it's just kind of making me a civilian for a bit. And I'm like low key freaking out. Not to call yeah. people who aren't in bands like civilians, but I mean like as in they they don't get the life. Yeah. And a taste of this is boring me to death. But the, in, exactly. But then there's like people that the exact passion that these guys, like everyone listening to this right now, the passion that you hear on our voices about music and about what we do and what we love. I have friends who are like, I have was born to be a father and I'm so happy that I have kids. And like, that is, it's to me, like it's the coolest thing in the world because I'm not, a, I'm not a kid person. I'll be the first to admit it. I like I like children when they're around. I don't ever want one. I'm not a kid. I'm just not a kid person. Um, yeah. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, I have friends who are like, I have the best job in the world. I have the greatest family. I love being a father. And it's like, fuck yeah, man. Like that's rad. It's, I, I think that's just as cool as being a guitar player, a drummer in a band because he's. So, put- so you, you believe them. You believe them am- wholeheartedly. There's no element of you that thinks maybe they're just saying this because... No, no, no. I, I honestly, I, I'm talking about my, my genuine friends that I know. You know what I mean? Like, I know. Okay. Like, yeah, I have a friend named Tiny who, like, he was born to be a dad. Like, that was, like, that's what he's wanted to do his entire life. He, he married his high school sweetheart, still with her to this day. They still love each other just as much as they did the first time. I mean, it's like... When I see people like that and I'm like, fuck, man, that is like, that's the same passion I have for wrestling and music. Like, that's a total life that's totally cool. You know what I mean? And now I'm fortunate enough, I have a girlfriend who like has a passion outside of what she does for work and like, 
it's you know what i mean like her bodybuilding is like you see her light up and she coaches these girls and like she can she's so concerned with these girls lives and like it's really really inspiring for me to be home yeah that's kind of sorry to cut you up but before i forget that's kind of as well anyone listening who's in a band who is single that is the kind of girl that you need to get because yes. none of the other ones will deal with you being away for six months. Yeah. Unless they have a fucking passion of their own, there is no way that they are letting you get away with being on tour for six months. Yeah. Of the year. And it's it, like we have a complete trust on each other. And like, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's awesome. And like, it's, I've never had the opportunity in any other relationship I've been in to like go with someone to do something that they do that they love to do. And I finally got to go to like her shows with her when she competes. And it's like, I remember like walking out of this one show and I was like, you and I couldn't have picked two of the weirdest lives. Like bodybuilding is insane. Wrestling is insane. Like, it's just like, and it's just so cool to like have Hannah and like, you know, when she's there, she can like laugh at it, even though she's there being a part of it. And then like vice versa, when I'm doing my wrestling thing and she laughs at something, I'm there laughing right next to her. Cause I'm like, this is absurd. Like it's absolutely absurd. And like, even with like music, like, you know, you, you probably have like, I, I always call it like, like local friends, like friends that you've had your entire life who don't have music passion, blah, blah, blah. but then they come to your show and see your show and you're like, they're just like, holy fuck, what the, what is this? Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. it's so cool to live vicariously, you know, and, and it, I always try to take with my closest friends who don't do music and stuff. I just, I don't know. I always try to like take respect to the things that they like because sometimes it could probably be pretty pretty i'm trying to think of the word redundant for someone to come back and be like oh my god when i was in la a dude from metallica was in at the show oh my god when i was in chicago i had this like insane thing and then they're just like oh cool like yeah i'm i'm going to school right now to become a doctor you know what i mean so like try i try to be as like thoughtful of that because when I was 19 years old, I decided to get in a van. Do you know what I mean? And like, not you everyone made that. I, I feel like <laughs> subconsciously, I cut all of those people out of my life. Yeah, I'm but sure. Not to like, not to cool guy them, but for that reason, because I, I would go away and then come back and they just wouldn't get it. And then it would be like, we slowly had nothing in common and then gone. Yeah, exactly. It's just... uh yeah and that the thing is too is like remember that like your schedule is fucked and their schedule is fucked so like when you're sitting home all day doing nothing they're at home like working and then you're like oh fuck man you get out at like four o'clock let's go do this thing blah blah blah. and they're just like well no i gotta like go home i want to go home yeah and it's like all right and that that i know that happened a lot like when i first started touring there was a bunch of friends that i had and then they just kind of like went away because the opportunity of us hanging out just wasn't there anymore because we were both yeah i think it's as much them as it is us because yeah. it's like that they, they can't deal with it either yeah 
And uh, yeah, that's um, yeah, it's a, that's a crazy still thing. On the, while we're still on the subject of your lovely girlfriend, um, yes. I listen to your. Let's do a quick plug. You have a podcast. Yes, kicking ass. And there is a very <laughs> kicking ass. Where is it? Kicking ass with Jesse and Andy. Yeah, that's the. And there is an episode where you interview your girlfriend, or you're just having a chat. Yeah, and it's a it's a great listen for anyone who's listening to this because it's a very open conversation between two people, and I think. It's a real good indicator of how relationships should be. Yeah. I, like I, the way you, how open you are with each other. Yeah. It. She's very, that's the thing. Like she is, she's very truthful and um, she doesn't, she doesn't have like that, that hold back. She'll talk about anything. And like, it's so funny because, you know, that podcast that I do with Jesse Jesse and Laura, who was the bunny and the blade from my like tag team, like they're married and like they don't have that like type of relationship where like they can talk about sex and stuff like that with other people. And like it kind of baffles people when it's like, like, oh, sorry, guys, we were late because we were like boning. Sorry. You know what I mean? And then like people are like, oh, my God, what? And it's just like Hannah's like, yeah, yeah, we sorry. Like things happened and that's why we're late. (laughs) <laughs> like it's not like what well, is it's glad it's lucky i know that that's um what you're like because i had to send you a message at uh three minutes past six saying i'll be five minutes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for similar reasons yes but that's you know that's what i'm saying like that's it should be totally fine like this is the woman i'm gonna marry you know what i mean so like get used to it because in 30 years i'm wait, gonna say the same fucking wait thing. wait wait is that official or it's not, are you it's just not official not official that but that, <laughs> it's an exclusive I, scoop i know she's the one you know what i mean i know she's the one i don't have to worry about Aww. it you know that's so cute yeah just so be like, careful just be careful because uh, uh seven seven years down the line you might find out she's not the one okay take it from me <laughs> yeah well that was the f- okay so hannah like tipped me in on that and I had no idea that like when we were supposed to hang out when we were over there I had no idea so like she told me and I was like, wait, what? And I was like, oh my God, like, I'm so glad I didn't, like, I, I didn't want to talk about it. I was like, I'm not going to bring anything up. But yeah, we were, we, you yeah. and I, you and I were supposed to hang with Hannah in yeah. Manchester, right? And it was around exactly the yeah. same time. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's a different story. And I'm yeah. still in the, uh, I'm in the process of divorce. Dealing, so yeah. I can't really, really talk about it. Of course. But um, I'm very sorry. But yeah. I but did we'll hang out next time. I did end up wrestling that day too. So you oh. would have you would have gotten a wrestling. I literally like I had to sound check. So I, I had to go to the the venue, call the match, which one of the guys didn't show up until three minutes until I had to get back to sound check. So I didn't get to call a match. I ran back, sound checked, ran back in my gear, wrestled, and then ran back and played the show. Like I had like I had like an hour and a half to make this all happen, and I made it happen. What a, f- what a fucking guy! Insane. What a fucking guy. Um, let's fucking. I'm seamlessly on the hour mark. I yeah. will now go for top five bands, man. Okay. This is this is a tough one, but it's. Uh, I th- I think in times like this, I'm not like really seeking out new music. Like I'm totally forgetting that music is even like a a thing. Um, 
Why are you doing that? Because I'm doing that as well, but I'm doing it for a really specific reason. Oh, there's no specific reason. It's just the fact that like, I, one, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to do the whole phone thing way less. So like if I take the dog for a walk or something like that, usually I'm with Hana. So like I don't really need my phone. So I just leave my phone here and then, uh, yeah, I'm just trying not to do phone that much. You know what I mean? Like I'm just trying not to be on my phone. So like, I don't really like, know what is new that's coming out or anything like that so if i do listen to music i'm listening to like my go-tos yeah so i'll give you my go-tos um give me give me a give me a go-to as long as they include some like all-time favorites and oh no no we might go off on segues if any of them we agree on of course these are all discuss all favorites so black sabbath is one of my all-time favorite bands it's probably there's probably some in there that you probably don't expect either. Um, are you are you Aussie or Dio or both? I'm Aussie. Yeah, good. good I want good. the riff. I want the riff. I'm looking for the riff. Um, <coughs> yeah. Which, um, well, well, what's your what's your what's your favorite Black Sabbath riff? Let's see Va- if we've got the same one. Uh, mine is probably Juggernaut or uh, Supernaut. Um, nice on Volume Four. Yeah. That's a, um, that's a relatively deep cut. Oh, yeah. It's a great riff, though. Hole in the Sky is awesome, too. Um, That's another deep cut. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. You're, you're, I thought you were going to hit me with uh, Into the Void. Into Sweet the leaf. Void is one of the greatest songs of all time. I in believe my Into the Void might, might be my favorite riff of all time. Oh, it's unreal. And there's... There's so many to choose from in that song. There's like three really good riffs in that song. Big. But right, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm gonna go with I'll go with Black Sabbath. Um I love Yes. And <laughs> yes. <gasps> oh um, fuck hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now we see that we're going on a segue here. So yeah, let's do it. Favorite Rush album. Uh sorry, yes album. Uh let's, clo- let's closer get, to the edge. Nice. See, yeah. I only really fuck with Close to the Edge and Fragile, but oh, I love yeah. them both so fucking much. Dude, Close to the Edge, it it straight up is um, uh, Close to the Edge is a is a, a Mars Volta record. Like if you listen to that record, it's it's straight up just the Mars Volta. It's unreal. I, I, I got taught drums by Bill Bruford for two years. Really? That was a little. Little, little fact, yeah. Oh, and, uh, we then had a huge, huge, huge argument about my sugar, and I hate to say it, he was an absolute fucking prick. He didn't like the sugar. Yeah, well, it was, it was around I think two thousand five, and he was like, it was like a small classroom thing at my music college where like twenty of us got these lessons with Bill Bruford, and. He fucking was so such a pompous prick. Like really? knew who he was. Yeah, knew he was really fucking like a godfather of prog. And he was going around the class and he was going like, "I want you to tell me about the new the new album, the the, the last album that you bought and what about it made it special and what about the drums." And it was when Catch Thirty Three just came out. Okay. And I was like, "Yo, uh, it's this band, Meshuga. They deliberately programmed the drums to sound mechanical." And he just goes, "No." I don't want to hear it. That's not real music. And I was like, yeah, if you'll just hear me out, like they're doing it on purpose, like progressively to make it sound like a robot. Yeah. So it was all cold. And And he was like, no, I'm not having it. That's program drum. That's not real music. And we had this big fucking argument in front of everyone. And then he was just a cunt to me for the rest of the fucking year. Oh, 
kind of ruined it for me. I hate that. I mean, to be honest, though, all the good song, all the good stuff is written with Alan White anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, okay. <laughs> but it will say my my favorite band of all time. We'll get into. I'm just giving you the runners up now. Yes. Okay. Absolutely is like is just one of my all time favorites. Um, wow, I'm trying to think of like heavier stuff. Pantera for sure. Um, how do how do you feel listening to Pantera now? Are I you I fine? dude, I love them. Still, I really do. Still fine. Yeah, still fine. If you're listening okay. to the riffs, if you're listening to the riffs, great band. I mean, great band. Yeah. The other day, I literally, I literally just pit with my dog. I just played all the best Pantera breakdowns, and just pit with my dog, and um, just. Re- yeah. record that for me i would rather listen to that now <laughs> and just, you record those riffs right i next. mean yeah. phil, phil anselmo shot i get it i get it but that band like the stuff that dimebag daryl does the stuff that vinnie paul does is like wild i mean just those two i mean they came out of the same fucking house that's insane um it okay is, it yeah. is crazy it is fucking crazy uh let's see here Wow. I'll just tell my number one is King Crimson. That's my favorite band of all time. Um and that's another so Prague. Another Bill Bruford. Yeah. Prague is yeah. like Yeah. But again, like all the like I, I there was a few drummers at that time. Bill Bruford played on all the great stuff though. Uh, but yeah. He I played love, on did he play on in the court of the Queen Crimson King? Is that him? No, that, that that's an original drummer. Yeah, I can't remember that that's, dude's name. He didn't hang. He only hung around for like the first two records, three records. I can't believe how modern. Obviously, the Kanye fucking sampled it, but I still can't believe how modern that fucking song is. Whatever oh. that song is, the one. you're talking about twenty first century sound, schizoid man. It, it's literally even before fucking Kanye sampled it. It sounds like it was recorded in like the nineties. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Fu- like the production of it is fucking insane, and it's like sixty fucking nine or something yep. crazy. So Han and I, this is like Han and I love King Crimson, and I like I saw him in the nineties. I saw him like ninety six, ninety seven, somewhere around there. Bill Bruford was playing with him at the time. Um, prick. Gonna, Sorry, <laughs> carry on. Prick. No, no, no. So we, I was like, oh, fuck, man. Like, we should see if King Crimson's, like, on tour. We should go see him or whatever. And it was so funny. Like, I looked that day. They were in Toronto the next night, which Toronto is, like, it's, uh, Toronto is, like, 70 miles from us. And they were there the night before. But then, like, in two weeks, they were playing Radio City Music Hall in New York City. So, it's like, well, fuck it. Let's go. So, like, brought plane tickets, bought tickets and stuff. We went and saw them. It, to this day, is the best show I've ever seen. And they don't move at all. And like, talk about masterclass. No amps on stage. There's no like real amps on stage. They put the horn, like uh, Mel Collins, they put the horn player behind glass or like uh, that plexiglass. So they can't like be heard. Church shit. Yep. And then the drums, they have three drum sets. So it's like Pat Masolato. I can't think of the other two dudes' names, but like. Pat Masolato's played with them for a long, long time, and I'm probably butchering his last name. I've never had to say that out loud. Um, but, like, all the drums are mic'd like a room... Like, there's room mics and stuff like that, so that all... Like, the drums are 
it sounds like like a recording dude like when you see them live so sick it's so and i that i i like realized like the reason why every time i die is probably just we're we're so loud and like we push the front of stage we hit the front of stage so hard with our amps and i was like there's no way we sound like this <laughs> and i got like <laughs> super self-conscious and then i started getting i started understanding like why people would use like effect or uh, axe effects and like like stuff like that where like you don't have to have a cabinet you just play with in-ear monitors and then it, it was just wild dude they were so good um yeah so what is that four? That's, that's sick. Right, that's, that's four. But you've given me your best of all time. So this yeah, is a, this is the either the main runner-up or just an afterthought. Oh, this is David Bowie, probably probably main runner-up, very close to King Crimson. And there's like such a interesting answers from yeah. such a riff guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got Sabbath and you have Pantera in there, like. Yeah, I guess that's enough riffs to just fucking. I better switch Pantera also from like a sh- straight edge. Yes, yeah, get them out of there. They're I'm switching Pantera. I'm, I'm putting Metallica in there. Oh, thank fuck for that! And now yeah. we can do. Please give me the correct. And there is two possible answers. You're, for the correct top what? five Metallica albums. Okay, so <laughs> if you want me to put them in in order, because I can do that. I want to. Yeah, I want them in order, and there's only two correct answers. Kill Em All is my all-time favorite Metallica record. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Yep. So it's it, it's it's legit though. I'll give yeah. you that. So legit. Kill Em All. I would go Kill Em All. Uh, Let me guess yours. Let me guess yours. Oh, uh, I wanted to guess it. Was it going to be Anjustice for All? Yeah. And okay. then Ride the Lightning, Puppets, yes. Black Album. Switch the last two. I like I I think like uh Bastard Puppets I like completely beat the shit out of when I was a kid. I probably listened to it I'm too much. It's just kind of boring to me now. I'm the same. So yours actually is the same as mine. Yeah. Except you just bump everything forward and you stick kill them all on the end. How? Just because I ne- like I don't know. There's oh, some tracks on it that I just don't fuck with. I know that you're younger, but what was... Yeah, but you're not that old. No, no, no. I know, <laughs> no, no, no. Like... But this is a very specific question that, like, okay. everyone that is a Metallica fan should be asked. What was the record you first listened to Metallica? Like, what was your first Metallica, like, thought? Like, when you first heard them and went, this band is the band I am going to, like, follow the rest of my life. For whom the bell tolls is Ride the Lightning. Okay. Do you remember when you heard it? Yes. I was at my friend Mike Carter's house and we were planning a song in first grade of high school. Mm-hmm. And we were planning to do songs for like a school concert. And we already had one figured out, which was uh, fucking the Guns N' Roses song. What's the fucking. Sweet Child of Mine. Okay, that was one of them, great. and I already, I already knew that one. Um, and then he said, what about this song? And he put it on from a burnt wow. CDR. Yes. And, and I was just like, oh, yeah. my fucking God. Like, who is this? We, yeah. That's like, so for me, it was, 
the one video, obviously, like when I was a kid, MTV nice. was huge. So like <clears throat> the one video came out wild, mind blowing. Cause I was probably like, Oh my God, I was probably like 14 when that came out, 15 years old, somewhere around there. And then obviously when you're 14 and 15 years old, you don't have a job. So you don't have money. The only money you have is what your parents give you. And yeah. you know, whatever that time was at that point in time, I just wasn't, I wasn't working at 14. Um, but they had a 598 tape and it was a garage days 598. So it was like the original garage days. Um, and it was five, you know, for six dollars, I could get a Metallica record. So, like, I bought it. That's the record that, like, still to this day, like, my favorite sound is like it because it's in between, um, Master Puppets and And Justice for All. And it's, yeah. it's almost like an And Justice for All recording with bass. It's yeah. cool. So, I, it rips. There's like, I read an interview with Lars recently. Like Metallica is my favorite band of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love it. So I read an interview with Lars recently and they were asking like, will you ever A, remix St. Anger and B, or like some other shit? And he was like, nah, it's like decisions we made in Metallica history that will stay forever. Like, yes, we should have had louder bass. And yes, we shouldn't have used that snare and Saint Anger, but we'll never change it. And I was like, that's fucking sick. Yeah. Like, you I love that. fucked up and you're just owning it. Yeah. It's absolutely. That, it's fucking perfect. But I'll tell you this I had a weird segue into like, I'm mega into black metal. Yeah. Except for Same. like, na- now, it's, now it's really difficult to like navigate the, yeah. the political correctness of black metal bands. But of course. I like. I, I got into black metal super fucking early because um, I had S&M Metallica because yeah. it was yep. literally I just listened to I listened to Metallica and hip hop and that was about it. Yeah. And then <laughs> I had S&M and then I like I think I was searching on fucking Ask Jeeves or something like bands that sound like S&M Metallica and then Emperor came up. Yes. And I was like, was it the I put Prome- it on and then I was like, wait. No, it was like, um, back then, I think it was fucking when they'd had a hiatus. So, because yeah. Prometheus, I think was 2006. So the one yeah. that I first put on was um, Anthems. Okay, so that Anthems whole big intro awesome. with like the fuck, with the fucking owl and everything. And then yeah. it just kicks in and then there's simps. And then I believe that might've been my first blast beat that I heard. And I went, wait a minute. What yeah. the fuck? This is like saying uh, this is like S and M, but three hundred BPM, and yeah. that was it. I was just fucking hooked. When I was From a there, kid- I went like MP three dot com blast beats, and then it comes up with I come blood cannibal corpse, and then I was yeah. just done. It was like okay, this yeah. is me now. When I it was, it's funny you say that because that was like when I was a kid. I remember like it was like Pantera, Metallica, um, Slayer. Like that was like that was it. That was like the three heaviest bands. There was no ever heavy bands. They didn't know what was even though I was from Buffalo and that's where Cannibal Corpse was, it still didn't matter. And then like I met a group of dudes and it was like in that group of dudes was like I got like Posse Hardcore, I got Black Flag. I'm talking about like all different people. Like so it was a group of like skaters. Yeah. Like we skated when I was a kid and like one guy was into like Youth Crew Hardcore at the time. One guy was into Black Flag. One guy was into like extreme like grindcore and like death metal. And like I had I was so just opened up and I remember being like 
wow, like Pantera really isn't the heaviest band. Slayer isn't the heaviest band. And like all my, I mean, I loved them, but like now then it was like, okay, then I started listening to like Brutal Truth and I just, you know, grindcore bands like that. And I always loved Napalm Death uh, when I was a kid, like right after that. And then I remember like hearing like black metal for the first time. And I was, I was probably closer to 20 years old at that time. And it was like, holy fuck. And then finding out about like the lineage in that, you know, you would read about it in like metal maniacs magazine or something like that and be like, holy shit. And then you realize like there's black metal bands from the U S and like, I can go see Absu play if they're on tour or like, you know what I mean? Like it, that black metal is so fucking wild. Again, it's pro wrestling all over again. That fucking and also it's like I was mega in, like despite being a fucking white kid from England, I was mega into like gangster rap because of all the fucking beef. And then yeah. also when you get into black metal, you're like, wait, he yeah. stabbed him to <laughs> death. <laughs> yeah, all and of I mean, that shit was just super interesting. There's a bunch of a bunch of different other stories. You know what I mean? Like that's you know you just hear the ones that are sensationalized, and then like you have to realize that there's bands like Shining and like where you're like, wait a second, this dude's like cutting himself and trying to cut people in the crowd. And you're like, oh, that's kind of insane. And then you find out like, oh, wait a second, this dude's white power. That's kind of gross. All right. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's why it's like a fucking political hot potato. I got a great story like, for you, you. I have a great story for you. If you're, are you a fan of um, Gorgoroth? I've also got a Gorgoroth story. Okay. <laughs> this is insane. All right, you give me yours and then I'll give you mine. Okay, mine's kind of long. It's yeah, it's I got, I got it's time. insane. So we were on tour. Uh, we were over doing like festivals in, in Europe, and it happened that we were on a whole bunch of tour of shows with Godseed, and we would either play like before them or after them. It was always like every single day, like Godseed would play. So I was around Gaul nonstop, and like. Anyone who says Gaul isn't the most like badass motherfucker on the earth, he's the most punk rock dude there is because the people he plays with hate who he is because he's a homosexual. He's married to a dude. He's, you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. He's he's when, sick. He's a when, fucking badass. Yes, when dudes talk about like punk rock, like they don't even know that this motherfucker exists. Like he shuns everybody. You know what I mean? Like he's exactly yeah. what every one of those dudes hates. And then he's there doing exactly what they're doing and like throwing the right same in front of them. Yes. And no one fucks with him, man. You know what I mean? So we did these shows and like, I saw him chill Phil Anselmo out. Like Phil Anselmo walked into the room and tried doing like the whole like thumbs up, like lip out like thing. And then saw Gall sitting there and then like, turned into a little boy. Like he was just like, okay hi and walk through and it was crazy so there's this <laughs> there's it was with full force fest which i'm sure you probably played before and yeah, the, um, that's the one that's on the, the fucking airship or whatever isn't it like the fucking boat one it's a really weird yeah. one there's like uh there's like a, a tent stage then there's a main stage and like the tent stage goes until like 3 p.m then the main stage goes until 11 and then all the really extreme fucked up bands go from like midnight to like 5 a.m 
And this particular one, Marduk was playing at like 5.30 in the morning or 5 o'clock in the morning or something like that. And Napalm Death... Big, qu- big, que- big question mark over Marduk in terms of all Ex- this debatable shit. Extremely, yes. But Napalm Death was the first band to play when that stage kicked back on. So like... Uh, and Down played last on the main stage. Or no, Parkway Drive played last on the main stage. Down played before them. So... So we're, <laughs> I'm on stage watching Napalm Death play, which is insane to me. And uh, I think it was like Pepper Keenan. Um, it was him and Jimmy came walking up on stage and they kind of grabbed me and said, here, come over here with us and watch us. And I was like, oh, this is fucking crazy because I'm here with like Pepper Keenan and fucking I Hate God's like one of my favorite bands. So like I'm, I'm freaking out because like Jimmy Bauer's there. You know what I mean? And then, yeah. like, Phil comes and stands next to us, and we're, like, watching Napalm Death. <clears throat> His wife goes to walk on stage. Stage manager grabs her, and, like, he's aggressive with her. So Phil, like, runs over there. I just see talking, blah, blah. She comes over. Everything's fine. Napalm Death finishes their set. We're walking off stage. The stage manager comes over. Everyone's kind of ahead. I'm kind of behind. And the stage manager grabs her again and starts screaming at her. And I just grabbed him and I was like, hey, man, you shouldn't talk to her like that. Like, just don't you don't touch her and like chill the fuck out. Right. And then the the whole down crew ended up getting like wind of it. They come over. Now there's like weird like German and like redneck beef. And I'm kind of like in the middle of it. And like uh, his wife, uh, Phil's wife comes up and she goes, you're big. Can you just protect Phil? Make sure he doesn't do it. And it's like, yeah, sure. So like, I'm kind of like on the ground now and I'm standing in between yeah. like these redneck dudes. And then like this stage manager grabs like a whole bunch of German, um, hell's angels. And they're on the other side. There's a dude that's about six, eight and probably like 400 pounds ripped to the gills like just shredded and i'm like i'm fucked like that's it was basically like the mountain like uh, there and i'm like i'm the big guy over here and he's the big guy over here i'm fucked like that that guy's gonna kill like literally murder me and then i look next to me and fucking terror's bus is right there and like they're on tour with alpha and omega and i'm like okay i'm good i'm good like I got numbers yeah. now. Like my real friends are over here. They, you know, whatever. Anyways, they're fucking arguing, and Phil is doing this thing. He's doing like the high school thing. Like you probably had like a friend that was gonna get in a fight with a guy, and like he'd come over and be like, "All right, guys, on the count of three, I'm gonna go over there and I'm gonna throw the first punch that you guys throw." And like then. Yeah. You know, and he's doing this. He's like coming over and he's like, all right, guys, one, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to hit this guy. You guys come running over. And we're just like, okay. And like, this goes on for like one hour. Like he's just walking back and forth. The entire time this is happening, Gaul is like standing up on this like landing, warming up. He's got full face paint on and he's watching this whole thing happen with like such disgust. Like, what are these fucking idiots doing? Like, and he's like warming up to play because Godseed is playing like after Napalm Death. And he's like watching this whole thing. It was the most stoically weird, scary thing because he was just looking over us with his face paint on, just like He looks terrifying anyway. Shaking his head. Face paint. Yeah. So anyways, 
the fight never fucking happens. Obviously, his state, his his tour manager comes out of a bus and goes, "Phil, stop fucking around. Get on the bus. We gotta go." So they just all go on the bus. They leave. I go over to the Hales Angels dudes. I was like, "You guys knew who that was, right?" And they were like, "Yeah, it was Phil and someone. We weren't gonna do anything." And I was like, "Thank God." And I looked at the big guy and I was like, "You are gonna fucking murder me." And he was like, "Yeah, I would have." I was like, "Okay, cool. All right, I'll see you." <laughs> so we we continue to do these shows with Godseed and like the band itself are like really cool. They're just like rocker dudes. And then there's gall. So the very last show, I don't know where the fuck it was, what festival it was, but iron maiden was the headlining band. And it's one of those like backstages where there's just drop, you know, the, it's just, um, just walls. There's no ceiling. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Like yeah, they just yeah, throw yeah. them in. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like I tell the guys, it's like, yo, let me just shower real quick and then we'll go watch Iron Maiden. And they're like, dude, they go on like really soon. And I was like, fuck. And I think we were flying the next day. So I wanted to get a shower. It's like, boom, I go take a shower. No one's there. I get out of our room to run and go see Iron Maiden. And right when I get out of the door, Gaul is standing there and we like bump into each other like face to face. And he's smiling ear to ear like happier like a like a like, you know just super happy like he had just found something out and i'd never i mean dude he was frowning the entire time until this moment and i was like holy shit i, I, I was so caught off guard i i had him by the shoulders and i'm like what are you so happy about and he goes i made it his plague and then he just frolicked away like a little girl like it was Wait, like, what did he say? He goes, Iron Maiden is playing. And then just <laughs> like, sk- like skipped away, like super excited. And he went and watched Iron Maiden play. And it was like, no one is ever going to live that moment. Except I for have me. Like a, I have a more on brand girl story. Okay. Yes. Than yes, that. yes and it's a yes. nice, it's a nice short one. Good. So good. I used to work at, I used to work at a music distributor, which did, candlelight and did so like all the black metal stuff all the like gorgoroth emperor all the fucking big ones and um they did merch licensing as well for the same bands anyway one day there's a phone call and my friend in the warehouse answers it and a guy goes is this I won't say the merch company because I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. Is this blah, 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 merch? And then the guy's like, my my friend is like, yeah. And he's like, I'm going to kill you. Whoa. And my, my, friend's, my friend's like, what the fuck? And he's like, you printed red Gorgoroth merch. Gorgoroth merch is white on black only. Whoa. And uh, fucking my, my mate's just like, oh, I think I better get my fucking manager. And then goes and gets the manager which is this little middle-aged woman she picks up the phone gets a fucking earful as well and it basically transpires that until that point i guess all gorgoroth merch had to be printed white on black and they had pre they'd like taken a bit of artistic liberty liberty and done one on red on black or it's vice versa i can't remember and he basically just threatened to kill everyone jesus christ <laughs> I, th- I think it was more of like that's just his way of dealing with things but, yeah uh, yeah pretty that's fucking awesome. sick that's very cool <laughs> yes. i heard like, so, so awesome i heard like a similar story about um um watain and that band young and in my way like they like young and in my way had kind of like aped a few of their like 
designs or something like that. You know, like there was that yeah, point yeah, in time yeah. where like bands would take other bands merch and just put their name on it. And I think there was something along those lines and an email was sent from Eric from Watain and it was like, if you don't stop making a, these this merch, we will be in the United States at this time. We will kill you or something like that along that line or beat their ass or something like that. Like it's like that's no so joke. Funny. They're the best. <laughs> yeah, that's like that, I oh, want I want those huge stories riffs in Watain as well. Yeah, and I believe the man that was debatable is now not in the band yeah i don't know it's hard to keep up yeah but there was some there was some debatable shit anyway my airpods are going to run out of battery and i don't want to end this without saying goodbye i was so, to say this that's it listen to or noir if we're going to talk about black metal everyone should listen to or right. noir they're the best do you know what i know the logo and i've never checked them out dude please listen to them amazing i'll send you some stuff to listen to on that they're great yeah um, yeah. This has been sick. Yeah, it's been awesome. I'll do um, this. Oh shit! What I was gonna say on the yes thing, I saw yesterday. There's a band I've never even heard of them, but apparently they're technical death metal called Alagion or something. Whoa! Uh, they did a cover of Roundabout yesterday. Apparently. Oh, I'll listen like to that. A technical death metal metal cover of Roundabout. I guess if you just search for metal cover of Roundabout, I one hundred percent. I haven't listened well. to it yet, but it was on my list of to do today, and I forgot until you said yeah. yes. Oh. I'll listen right after this. Sick. Yeah. Mate, this has been a pleasure. Yeah. Um, send me your file and just send me a text or whatever. I will for sure. debrief. Yeah. Uh, but it's been sick. Thank you yeah. so much. Been awesome. Um, and you got anything to plug? I guess you don't. You're a no, wrestler. No, I, I, I got to say something. Right here. My Hana told me to ask you about Grussell, a Grussell shirt. She's the she's the biggest fan of Grussell. I might yeah. have to just custom print one. Just she loves for her. she loves Grussell. I don't want to do it because I know I'll sell so many, and it will be the character of the person that scams people to make money that we all know the pyramid yeah. sellers. Yeah. If I actually sold T-shirts, I would be too close. The Grussell T-shirts would be too close to the character. Just make a few. Someone actually asked me to do a fucking the the company that does Amazon's. Um, social media asked me to host a podcast for them in character but make it actually have facts about marketing but then i would do it like in character so it seemed like a joke and i was like i don't think you guys get the joke yeah the joke is exactly the sort of person that would do that for money so no goodbye yeah Oh. Um, but that was a thing. Yeah, I will make one for her. Yes, I'll make a custom shirt for her. Okay, good, good, good. She she really loves it. Fuck yeah, yeah, awesome man. A beautiful. Send me a text. I will. We'll I sort will. this out. I, I appreciate will. you. I appreciate you. Take care, buddy. Right. Later, bad. Bye. 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 Bye.